Thomas. Michael. Now look, pal, you like to fly, right? Especially without an aeroplane. <laughs> but you got to admit that if you'd like to fly, a flight attendant's not a bad job, is it? I mean, no heavy lifting. There's no long work hours. You just kind of, you know, every now and then you get an unruly customer, but it's a pretty nice job, right? On the surface, it appears to be, but we are really good friends with a flight attendant who tells us some horrible stories. But I'll bet you have one too, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. There is this guy, clocks in at 440 pounds. That's a big boy, right? Right. He needed. He's so big that he needed three seats. So he bought three seats. He bought three seats. So the guy, tough to get around. So he had to go to the bathroom. And he needed a little help. He needed a little help after he went to the bathroom. So he called the flight attendant in to help him clean his backside. Thomas, can that possibly be happening? Well, this is one of those stories I don't think you can make up. Right. <laughs> I mean, who would think of that? Yeah, I think it could be happening, and it probably did happen. Where did it happen? Give me the details. Come on. It was a domestic flight here in the States, right? Okay. This guy was having problems in the bathroom because he's so big and the bathrooms are so small. And he called in a flight attendant to help him clean his backside. And I'm saying these flight attendants need a better union rep, don't they? I think they do. <laughs> I don't think they thought of that in their last union meeting. Should I be required to? <laughs> so what happened? They did it for him. And they only, did? Yes. And oh he even was gosh. commenting why they were doing it, saying, not right there, go a little bit deeper. That's what he was saying. Seriously? Seriously. This guy should have been traveling as a freight guy in a freight, not passenger. W-O-M-G. This is why we need a trap door on a plane. Boom. Say it, pal. Oh, sayonara. <laughs> yeah. Open that baby right up. Press that button. That's the flight attendant panic button, right? You know what made this even more horrible for the people that were around that bathroom area while all this was going on? Why this was even more horrible? They were showing an Adam Sandler movie at the time. Oh, that is the double whammy. It is the double whammy. <laughs> I would have turned the plane around if I was the pilot and said, I'm sorry, we're getting this guy to a regular bathroom. I can't have my people go through this. That is a terrible story. Give him a parachute. He'll be clean by the time he gets down there, right? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, exactly. But poor Mother Earth, right? Let me ask you this. Go ahead. And maybe this is an urban myth, but is it true that airplanes sometimes... Dump it out the bottom of the plane? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. It is true? No, I think it's an urban myth. Yeah, but they could probably get away with it. Flying over the ocean, what about these long flights like that? Yeah. And, you know, they've got 300 Ton people on board. Right, and guys like this. And they're flying over the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the horror. Those poor fishies. Yeah. But, you know, here's what's sad. When people hear about this story, that he couldn't do it because he was, you're going to see guys that are like sleazy guys coming to the plane with their hands all bandaged up and going to the bathroom saying, oh, flight attendant. Mm. Right? Yeah. That would be the me poo movement. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Notre Dame University, it's a very uh, prominent stellar university, right? Correct. Well, they just had a, a thing happen last week where they covered controversial Columbus murals that cover a big portion of uh, the student union building, like in the walkway, there's these giant murals of Columbus. And it said for years, they've been fighting this thing. Other groups have been saying, you got to take this thing down because it depicts Native Americans in submissive positions. Plus 
all this stuff has come out over the years, how Columbus killed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people when he came over here. So they're taking these murals down. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. Right. Uh, when you say they, are you talking about the students? Or are you no, talking the, about the, the... The school officials. Okay, good. They didn't have to go through all this. Maybe they just put a football in Columbus's hand and they would have gone for it. <laughs> right? Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, we talk about the Dutch every now and then. And I remember a few weeks ago, I told you a story how the Dutch are one of the happiest people in the world. Especially when they're getting a haircut so perfectly with that bowl around their heads. Right. Is that the Dutch? Yeah. Dutch boy paint. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, anyway, Come on, man. They might be the happiest people in the world, but they also lead the world in euthanasia and suicides. That's the, They're the capital of the world when it comes to that. So maybe they're not so happy. Well, no, that's not it. It's because they have a whole different philosophy on life. And I think, and I'm going to ask you this, whether you think they have the right uh, approach to this. Is it the wooden shoes? That no. There's two ways of looking at this. You can look at it our way. Why, yeah, let's bankrupt them, everybody, at the end of their life. Put your parents in an in a assisted living condition uh, facility and watch them deteriorate. Or you could do what the Dutch do. They allow them to kill themselves or have euthanasia when they reach that point. Which way do you think is better? Yeah, I don't think we're going to win this debate because I can see where you're going. No, no, I'm just saying. No, I don't believe in assisted suicide. And no. So you'd rather have your, let's no, say. No, I don't want to see anybody suffer either. You want to debate it, though, don't no, you? No, I don't want to debate it. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> no, no. I just thought it's interesting. On one hand, the Dutch are the happiest people in the world. On the other hand, they lead the world in suicides, which is tied into euthanasia. And I just thought that was an interesting, you know. Parallel. Yeah. Paradox. I'm not trying to make any moral judgment on it. I'm just. And, you know, that was the name of the bottle of wine I was drinking last night. Moral judgment? No. <laughs> Although that is a good name. That's a good name for an alternative rock band, don't you think? Moral judgment. I do. But no, Paradox. Okay. Like Paradox. Right. It's called Paradox. It's made by Duckhorn. Is that Paradox, P-A-I-R, and then Ducks, D-U-C-K-S? Paradox? Yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah. Uh, Okay. But it's spelled P-A-R-A. D-O-X. No, D-U-X. D-U-X. Paradox. Like, okay. okay, and it's made by Duckhorn, you know, that fine winery. Anyway, it's a great bottle of wine. I just want to recommend that. And you can buy a whole case and give it to your dying parents, and they'll never know what happened. They'll go out happy, right? Come right. on. All right, let's go to a little happier subject. Like the podcast. What's this world coming to.com? Tom and Mike. A while ago, we talked about how KFC put out a, uh, a chicken smelling log for Christmas, right? Right. Well, they're coming out, they're launching a very new, (laughs) they're coming out with a gravy scented candle. Okay. Does that interest you? (laughs) Not really. How about you? No, but a lot of people do. It captures the essence of their very, I didn't know KFC had famous gravy. Did you know that? Yeah, it's not bad. Is it really? Yeah. I think it might be as good as their chicken and equally not as good for you. When I hear something like this, a gravy-scented candle, I think to myself, now you can clog your arteries just by sniffing. <laughs> Which is a good thing. You know, if you're Dutch and you want to go early. Oh, be quiet. A gravy-scented candle. This is truly the apex of civilization and the pinnacle of man's ingenuity. What a great time to be alive, isn't it? It is. <laughs> well, when I started doing this, reading this story, I said, let me find out what kind of candles are out there that are different scents. You might be surprised. Do you know what kind of candle scents there are out there? Out there, they're they're very strange. Have you heard about something on these candle scents? You know, I've heard that they're getting stranger and stranger. 
Tell me what your research has found. <laughs> well, I went deep into my research and I found, here's one, potting soil. A scented candle that smells like potting soil. Potting soil. For that gardener and all of us. How about, do they have one for just peed on tomatoes? No, they don't. <laughs> How about clean puppy? Clean puppy? Yep. I know you're going to think I'm totally weird, but that is actually a scent that appeals to me. Okay. Not necessarily a clean puppy, but a stanky puppy. You know that smell like they just yes. ran through the yes. field, right? right? I love that smell. Do you? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> See? So we have that in common. Here's one. Leather jacket. I like it, yeah. It's a leather jacket scented candle. Mm-hmm. Here's one that I think you'll like being a car nut that you are. Car exhaust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. The motor smells especially good. On a cold winter day when you have to fire her up after not being fired up for a couple of months. And by the way. Isn't that what Karen says also? Yes, exactly. (laughs) When she gets going, oh my. Here's one. Motor oil. There's some strange people out there. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, these are real, right? These are real. Okay. How about this one? Money. The smell of money. Because money has a smell, I guess. New money. Yeah, new money. Freshly printed money. When I come down to my basement and I roll out a stack, I like to take a little whiff. Oh, it's so nice. Now, these are real. Can you think of anything that they're missing that you'd like to have put on that list? Because these, obviously, they make scented candles smell like anything. Although, I don't know who the hell wants to walk into a room that smells like a leather jacket. But, hey, that's just me. Can you think of something that you might like to put on that candle thing? Yeah, how about this one? Trump hair. Oh, man. I don't know how long you're going to last in that room. Or how about Trump orange tanning cream? Yeah, I just want to burn that candle once, and then I want to burn down the house. Let me think about this. Oh, you know what I love? This would be a good scent for a candle. You know the stems on a tomato? Yeah. I love that smell. Do you really? Yeah. Do you like that smell? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Nothing see? like a f- fresh tomato. Okay, we could sell some candles. Yeah, if we put our heads you together. Know, in case this up. radio thing doesn't work out. That's right. Which is entirely possible <laughs> at this tr- point. That's true. But uh, I think Okay, can't it. think of any uh, any good sense? No, I think we did them all. Which proves one thing. I had no, I don't want good sense. You don't have any good sense. Tom and Mike. You know how I always like to take care of you with your health, right? I always want you to exercise. Yeah, you're preaching all the time, telling right. me I got to do this, I got to drink that, I got to eat this, well, I got to no, exercise just, that. Well, the Mayo Clinic just came out with guidelines to being healthy, and it might surprise you. They want you to do 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity a week. Now, break that down. That's only 30 minutes, five days a week. That's not tough, is it? And if you can't do that, they say 75 minutes Wait, a wait, week. wait. Back up. What'd you say? 35 minutes what? No. They want you to do 150 minutes of moderate aerobic exercise a week. Okay? Okay. And that breaks down to 30 minutes, five days a week, which isn't that tough. Or if you can't give 150 minutes, they say do 75 minutes a week, which is only a few days, but you have to do it really intense. Meaning like if you go on your treadmill normally and you put it on like three, you put it on six. And you do it for a shorter amount of time. Okay. And then they want you to do strength training at least two times a week, which isn't much. And the strength training can be anything from push-ups to a little bit of barbells, you know, something like that. How many minutes on the strength? Two days a week. It doesn't say how many minutes. It just says, you know, two days a week. So two days a week, right after I do 30 minutes on the treadmill, just take some of those barbells, lift them up a few times. I'm good. 
And they say, if you can't do 30 minutes a day aerobic, just go for five minute walks, you know, a couple times a day or something like that. So you get it. So they're trying to make it easy for you. Isn't everybody different though? Well, I mean, they're just saying this is the basics. If you want to, you know, I know what you're saying. You've been hiding from exercise. That's why you, many times you've told me you're in the you're in the fitness protection program. Yes, and so is my laundry. <laughs> you know, my favorite exercise at the gym was when I went to the gym. What? It was judging. I like to judge people. <laughs> Tom and Mike. These scientists in Scotland, archaeologists. You know, you you know what Stonehenge is, right? Sure. Okay. It's a bunch of giant rocks in in England that some kind of clock or whatever. Well, anyway. These archaeologists thought they found another Stonehenge, a little Stonehenge, on this farm in Scotland. Are they crop circles? Well, no, they're just a bunch of big, not big, but medium-sized boulders that are placed in like a circle, just like Stonehenge. And they just showed up there? Well, they just, some guy f- discovered it, you know, I don't know if he was out for a walk or whatever. He told somebody, and before you know it, there's a bunch of archaeologists out there on the property looking at it, and the whole research started. It was cut short. <laughs> When a farmer who owned the property a few years ago, but has since sold the place, let them know that he built it himself back in the 90s. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? I think uh, that was a band uh, in the 90s called the Stone Temple Pilots. Have you ever done any research on Stonehenge? No. How about you? No one knows what the hell a henge is, do they? Why do they call it that? I know why the part stone they call it, but I don't know what the hell a henge is. Does anybody? Maybe it's a doorway. See, that's it. They thought it was a doorway to another dimension, another time, another space, starting to sound like Rod Serling. But that's a funny story. These guys thought they had made this discovery. A couple of weeks later, a guy calls them up, felt bad they were doing all this work. And say, hey, guys. Maybe that's what happened back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe human beings just placed them there just for, you know, some fun field art. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Field art. I don't want to be too tough on the Scots. They did invent the game of golf, so we have to give them credit for that, right? True. You know, try hitting one of those boulders with your <laughs> golf club. There you go. It's not going anywhere. Tom and Mike.